In these little talks this uh, last couple of weeks, we've been looking at a little title called One Star, One Hope. And we've actually been looking at sort of journeys. We've been thinking about how, uh, how many people were traveling towards Bethlehem to, to make up this wonderful, extraordinary, complex, and yet oh so simple story that we celebrate at Christmas. You know, Silent Night, the birth of Jesus. And, and, and we were looking, we began with the star, you know, that inc- incredible celestial journey. We talked about the wise men traveling from Persia, probably having planned that trip for several years. We talked about the, 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 the journey of Mary on that donkey, you know, 100 miles on rough roads being heavily pregnant. And yet for her, it was the fulfillment of a vision, a dream, a passion. And this week, I want to talk about the supreme traveler, the greatest journey, the greatest gift, and it's Jesus himself. And just to help us to focus in on the story, I'm going to show you a a popular request that uh, Art's uh, video I showed you, I believe, last week. Let's run that again. Thank you, Matt. He's arrived. He is here. Come thou long expected Jesus. And if you were following the talks either on this or the podcast, the video casts, you will know that that Jesus was prophesied, this Messiah, this Savior, this one who would come to save us from our sins, was prophesied, long expected. Who is this Jesus, though? Who is he? Well, the book of Colossians struggles, magnificently, I think, but struggles to express who Jesus is. And if you've got a Bible, it'll come up on the screen, but if you've got a Bible, please turn with me to Colossians chapter 1 beginning at verse 15. And this is how this writer, Paul, in his letter to the Colossians, grapples with expressing who Jesus is. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, All things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from the, among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Now no one doubts, no one doubts, that there was a historical person called Jesus. And maybe you just see him as a man, a great man, an influential man, an extraordinary man. He never wrote a book. He never went on film or video. He actually, for most of his ministry, hid away. It was only in the last three years of his life that we hear anything about him, really. And when he was... In the public arena, he often eschewed publicity. He did not want to become, you know, a superstar, a celebrity as so many do today. But what he did was he walked among us full of grace and truth, the Bible says. 
And as one who was among us, there was something extraordinary about him. Because he said, I am the bread of life. And he fed 5,000. He crossed the lake sleeping in the midst of a great big storm. I was up this morning, maybe you were too. And there was an extraordinary squall that came through. It was hammering on my conservatory roof. I thought it was going to break through. Jesus slept through that. And when his disciples awoke him, he looked at them, he looked at the storm, he leaned over the side of the boat and he said, be quiet. And the storms had died down like that. He had command over creation. He had command over demons. He cast them out. At a word they left. Parents had struggled with unruly children, demonized, mentally uh, uh, harmed. And Jesus came and spoke the word and they were set free. He had compassion for little children. He had compassion for the elderly. One woman had been bent double for 17 years. Jesus spoke the word and he, he straightened. Who is this man? He is just a man? Surely not. Well, followers of Jesus the world ever believe that he is a man, but not just a man. He is God himself. The most extraordinary traveler of all, and we've been thinking about travelers over the last two or three weeks, but he is the most extraordinary traveler, not just because of the distance, and who knows what distance, if any, he traveled, but from where he started from, the creator God, John's gospel, so often read, chapter one, in the beginning was the word, and the word was made flesh, and the word dwelt among us, and him, in him there was no darkness, but the world loved darkness rather than light. The creator God, when the creator God himself becomes one of us with our limitations, our frustrations, our joys, our laughter, our successes, our sorrows, when he, as it says in the book of Hebrews, understands and lives through the same temptations that we have, surely we are dealing with someone extraordinary. If Paul the apostle and other of the early writers struggled with expressing who Jesus is, not the man and his compassion, that was well known, but that, was, that which was understood and seen in him, the divinity, the supremacy, as Colossians, as the book of Colossians tells us. As, as they struggle with that, so theologians down the ages have struggled with this. They talk about the kenosis from the Greek pouring out. How does the infinite become finite? How does one that is omniscient, omnipotent, become one of us? He pours himself out. He voluntarily limits us. Surely this is the greatest of journeys. Who is this Jesus? He is the Son of God. He has come among us. Colossians says he is the, the visible. That which was invisible becomes visible. On one occasion his disciples came to him and they said to him, Lord, we've seen who you are, we've seen what you do, we believe there's just one thing 
that we need now, Lord. Show us the Father, Father God. And he looked at them and he groaned and he sighed. That's the, that's the, expre- that, that's the way the Greek expresses it. Like, oh, really? Really, is that what you, really? And then he explained and he said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. If you've ever wondered what God is like, an energy force, what's this, what's that, who's this, who's that, if you've ever wondered about who God might be, look at Jesus, read the stories of Jesus, because God made man is the visible expression of the invisible God. Surely he is the greatest traveler. He's come from that great place, high and lifted up. Wonderful vision of God in Isaiah chapter six, I believe, where it talks about the prophet having a vision of God in his throne room. And it says, the place was filled with the angelic host. The ground trembled, and it seemed as if the very pillars shouted out, holy, holy, holy. And the ground trembled beneath him, and he fell on his face in terror and awe when God revealed himself to the prophet Isaiah. God the invisible, God the supreme, God made visible, made vulnerable, and ultimately, God victorious. Victorious? How? How is he victorious? Because he poured himself out, he became one of us, he became a child, he became a a teenager, he became a man, and as a man, continued to pour himself out to the end that he he poured out his very blood dying upon the cross for the sins of men and women, men and women like you and me. He died, the creator God died for the sins of his creation in order to redeem his creation. That's a journey. That's a journey to to remark about. That's a journey to think on. That the creator God should come and rescue you, should go through that, that birth experience, the childhood, the teenager, the man, as I've said, and then the crucified one. That's what we are celebrating. That's what we are acknowledging when we see those little crucifixes around people's necks. And when we see those little crosses without a little figure impaled upon it, we're celebrating his victory that he rose again from the dead. Death, it says in the scriptures, could not hold him. The creator God bust out of death and in so doing made a way for us to begin a new journey, a journey in Christ, with Christ, with Christ as our savior and Lord. Good news, the angel said to the shepherds, we bring you news of great joy, for unto you in the city of David is born a baby, a son, a Messiah, who is Christ the Lord. That's the joy of of Christmas. 
That's the joy. A Savior has come to us. One has poured himself out for us. We're often moved by friends and relatives who put themselves out. You know, we move house. I was talking to a colleague of mine, a, a pastor friend who's just moved house, and he was saying how people had rallied round and helped him. That moved them. We know that kind of thing. We've helped others. Others have helped us. But God himself has inconvenienced himself. And he has become visible, vulnerable, and now he is victorious. And he invites you to share in that victory. So, many roads come together in Bethlehem. Many roads. People make pilgrimage there today. You've come to this place. In our first talk, we said God's timing is perfect. I don't know what brought you here today. Maybe a friend, maybe relatives, maybe because you're simply a member of the congregation. But it is no accident that you are here. And it is my privilege to commend to you this great joy, this great good news. Joy to the world, the children sang. That warmed my heart. A God who gives himself, WestJet's example, commendable, lovely, heartwarming. But a God who pours himself out for us. And now, he is building his people. He is gathering us together to be Christ-like, to inconvenience ourselves for the sake of the world, for the joy of Christ for the very joy of Christmas. One star, one hope, one gift, one God. Let's stand and pray. Father, I said, that it was no accident that we are here together this morning. You have perfect timing. Let's have the worship team come up. You have perfect timing. And really, Lord God, in the face of this great gift, in the face of this extraordinary inconvenience, this gift of yourself, leaving the throne of heaven and all the glory that is yours there, and being born in a stable. Lord, there really is only one response, and that's to be like the wise men and the shepherds, and that's to come and to worship. So, Lord God, we thank you, we honor you, and we welcome you. And everyone said, Amen. Amen.